Welcome to the Red X Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome everybody back to our podcast, Red X Podcast. Really excited to be with you. I'm Curtis Fan, president of Red X. And as you've seen me many times, uh, I love to jump on when we have some of the most influential, the most knowledgeable uh, people that we can find in the industry. I'm really excited about the conversation we're going to have to have today with Kendall Young. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me, man. So um, for any of you watching, Kendall, I'm going to get, I'm going to allow you to do your own intro because um, I want them to hear all the background. But if you're watching, remember, we want you to participate, post your questions. We always have people on staff trying to answer those questions. If there's links that we mention or anything going on, like I know we're going to mention um, an upcoming event that Kendall is, is uh, speaking at. And so we'll, we'll put those links and things in the um, in the chat. So make sure you participate. And then of course you can find us every Thursday here or anywhere you download a podcast. So Kendall, without further ado, would you mind giving some background about um, how we connected and why you are where you're at and, and kind of the topic that we're going to talk about? <laughs> I've known of Red X for probably since you guys started. Um, uh, those of you who are seeing this on video, you can see I'm a gray-haired old lady. I've been around for a really long time. Uh, this is the start of my 37th year as a licensed and selling practitioner, supporting herself solely from the, uh, you know, kill what I eat or eat what I kill. Yeah, eat what I kill. Um, and I'm also a second generation real estate agent, uh, you know, for whatever that's worth. I did, uh, I started my real estate career in Silicon Valley, selling homes to rocket science engineers, literally, as well as software engineers and other left-brained, detail-minded human beings. Um, and then uh, after about seven or eight years, got pregnant, time to move back home to family, which is Los Angeles. It's where my mother, the aforementioned real estate agent was. And, um, you know, I've been doing it ever since. In the, what, 37 years, I've done a lot. Um, I've never been interested in being a big volume agent, although some people consider me to be a big volume agent. <clears throat> I myself have never claimed to be that. Um, but, it's all relative. Uh, right? It really is. You know, it's like, just put it this way. I don't want you to know me as a big volume agent. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, call, I care more about people, but I, I've like won all the awards and, you know, cringed at all of the advertising, advertising set awards, thrown away most of those awards. Um, and also had the opportunity to do a lot of speaking for Inman, for CAR, my state association, um, various and sundry local associations, business clubs. I even got the chance to do a little guest lecturing at UCLA, um, was the subject of an entrepreneur class at USC School of Business. I'm not supposed to go on at the enemy campus, but I did. So I, I yeah, I know a lot. So just before the pandemic, launched an ADU company, 
uh, figured out that I don't really like building ADUs, but I do love teaching about them. Oh, the opportunity is so amazing. So that's what, that was like my whole life in what, three minutes? Yeah. And, and I think there's so much more. I, 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 um, but since you jumped right to ADU, I think we should jump right in and talk about that. I, I think, unfortunately, even in our space, I think there's real estate agents that don't even know the acronym ADU, depending on what state they're in. Um, and and I certainly believe that we are on the cutting edge. This conversation is is going to be the first time that we're going to expose a whole bunch of agents and real estate investors. As you know, we have quite a few of both. Um, and, and then we have a whole bunch of agent investors that follow us and use our, our tools and data to, to hunt for properties and find opportunities. And, and I think that, you know, when, when in the real estate investing, I, I think next to assumable mortgages and, and really figuring out assumable mortgages because a two and a half percent mortgage that somebody owns may be one of their greatest assets that they own right now. Um, Besides assumable mortgages, ADU is the newest cutting edge thing in investing that I think people ought to be looking at, especially as real estate agents, as they look for more opportunities. So why don't you just jump right in and start with, you know, what does it even mean and and kind of where the opportunity lies for the investor and the agent investor? So whenever I start teaching one of my ADU classes, I do always start with a definition because you think you know, maybe you don't. It stands for accessory dwelling unit. And all three of those words are super important. Accessory meaning that it has to have a house that it's attached to. I don't mean physically attached, but it has to be on a parcel of land that already has a main dwelling. If you put one of my ADUs on a vacant piece of land, guess what? You have tiny house. Okay, so accessory. Dwelling is important because what that means is you can dwell in this structure without any need of going into the main house, right? So in the guest houses of yore, you could have a structure and it could be detached, but there would be no kitchen because that's how city officials kept it from being a living unit. A dwelling means that you can rent it. It means that your family member can live there fully independent of you. Yeah, so that's what it is. Now it can be attached, it could be converted from existing space or it could be new construction. So that's that's what it is. Um, what was the second part of your question? Oh no, that was good. I mean, let's just jump in. What is the opportunity then with, with an ADU and, and why is that so prevalent now? I mean, these ADU or the concept of accessory apartments and basements and garages or accessory units have been around a long time. Why is it such an opportunity now? Well, Curtis, do we have like five hours to talk? I'm <laughs> okay. So, all right. So the first thing I have to say is that ADUs have been around for actually a very long time across the country. There was always the concept of having a second dwelling. And in fact, it used to be the normal thing. Think of New York or Boston, your basic brownstone. There was always an apartment down below the basement, right? This was the way we lived back then. But then single family dwelling zoning came into effect. Let's not talk about the evils of zoning. We don't have time. But we became a nation that was going to live in just a single family dwelling, nothing else. Yeah. But there was always a path 
having a second dwelling. It was just arduous, expensive, and in some places, um, they made the bar so high, they might as well have said you can't have one. Yeah. So recently, and when I say recently, I'm saying like in the last maybe five years, 10 years, depending on where you live, right? Some states are more uh, or more progressive than others. We started to realize that we have a real housing crisis brewing. Now we're in full on crisis mode. Like it's, it's, it's really bad. Um, but we realized about 10 years ago that we have a housing crisis that wasn't just the ebb and flow of the economy. It is, we are wholly insert bad word. Okay. Right. Um, and we need to come up with solutions. Um, and large scale housing, either additional single family dwelling developments out in the hinterlands or large dense housing can be and probably will be part of the solution, but they take years to develop and they're very, very capital intensive. Accessory dwelling units are designed to be the missing middle, or another good vocabulary word is infill development, which means we're taking land in developed residential areas and we're starting to use it differently. So instead of vast stretches of thirsty grass, I live in California, so we think about water a lot, yeah. vast stretches of useless grass out in the backyard that everybody looks at but doesn't do anything with we can now start to provide housing that is more attainable and more affordable so we can build families and communities. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and in my, even my experience here in Utah, um, having had some experience with rentals and dealing with zoning and dealing with um, um, attorneys and, and, and again, we don't have that five hours, but Watch yourself, darling. You are working. You are talking to a POC. Okay? Right. So I, it's just, it, it seems like the housing crisis has loosened or, or at least opened up the opportunity in places that it was harder to do prior. Even recently, it seems like I mean, the last time we talked, you had mentioned all of these states right now are in discussions around ADUs and, and making making it more available to be able to do that, which provides this opportunity. They want more of that housing, which provides now this, a couple of opportunities. I mean, the, the easiest one to wrap your brain around is, well, if you have that useless grass in the back of your property, let's throw an ADU on there and start collecting 600, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month, you know, oh, depending yeah. on where you're at. Are you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 if, if you're back in the Silicon Valley, you know, many more dollars yeah. than that <laughs> for an ADU. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's what that therein lies the opportunity. I think, especially if anybody has, has now a property, th there's this opportunity to start making more cash flow on the property that you already have. So, Absolutely. so how, how are you working with real estate agents? Let's start there. Um, for the investors listening, we're going to get to more of this, but of course, all of this overlaps. But if, if you're talking to real estate agents and, and you're talking about ADUs, where is the opportunity for them to, and why is it important for them to understand their local ADU laws as they're helping buyers and sellers? So it's a multi-pronged opportunity. 
right? And it and it, it's it, it spans the the vast range between first time home buyers and the investor who is will who is starting to build a real estate rental empire, right? And there's everything in between. There's opportunity for everybody. So remember, I'm a California real estate agent, so I tend to think and teach in terms of the opportunities here in California. And we have some of the more some of the most progressive ADU laws in the nation, and they're relatively new, um, it, a huge sea change starting in 2017, and then again, a huge number of laws in 2020. And it all results in a couple of things. The, the easiest thing to realize is if you are a property investor, the ADU is the least expensive rental door that you could possibly add to your portfolio. And if you live in a high demand area, like many areas of Los Angeles, it is the only way to acquire a rental door with a neutral to probably, very probably, a positive cash flow from the day you get your keys. Like that's not possible in most areas in Los Angeles. In most areas, you're looking at a negative for the first five, 10, even 15 years. Yeah, depending on what you buy. So this is like, this is like a no-brainer. On top of that, sorry, I talk like this, but I get really excited because yeah, on top yeah. of that, our laws here in California make it very simple for someone to buy a single family dwelling add an ADU and have not only a income producing property in a residential neighborhood, which is generally higher demand, but you also have two rental doors for not a lot more than the cost of one rental door. Um, and like, that's, that's insane. Now, this is very specific to California, just get you all excited. But if you want to buy like a duplex or a fourplex, your, 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 property, your property opportunity just grows exponentially. And we don't have time to get into it here, but it's my, like my brain exploded. But, right. but, but, but like Ginzo Knives, there's more. Okay. 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 Like, wait. Okay. So like, this is where I think the every agent is probably getting super, super excited. It is possible, it is not only possible, it's like not even no weird shit needed. Oh, sorry, well, they can edit it You're out. Good. No, word, no word stuff needed. It is possible for a first time home buyer who has a 20% down payment to buy the single family dwelling and then right away finance the build of an ADU in their backyard with no additional investment needed. And then once you actually finish the ADU and then rent it out, your total monthly payment is gonna be less than what it was for just the house alone. Hello? Right. So so for you start getting into first time home buyers and, and, and people to offset that mortgage cost, because that's the problem right now is affordability. You know, yes. and, and it's it's crazy affordability is so bad in so many places and you look at it and, and we don't need to get into interest rates and have an economic discussion here, but, but I, I don't think it's getting better in the near future. I, I don't think interest rates are dropping. And, the light. and I mean, we are heading into an election year, but that's not what's important. What's important is making smart moves today that's going to pay you back in spades for the rest of your right. life. Right. 
Well, and, and that cash flow payment. So, so again, I just want to, I want to make sure it's landing for the real estate agents that are working in their areas. If you understand the ADU laws to, to be able to incorporate the, the financing and investment of an ADU into the purchase of the home, you, you should understand that you should have, you know, partners that, that understand the financing of that and how that works. And, and you should be presenting that as opportunities because again, if affordability and somebody comes to you and again, I'm just making up numbers now because I, whatever market you're in, but if, if, if the average home is 400,000, you're going, I wish in California, but if the average <laughs> home is 400,000, right. And, and talk to me, sorry, I'm going to come back to that point, but tell me the cost. So I'm not making too many numbers up for an ADU. What, what's an average cost? Oh, before I tell you that, I have to give you the caveat because everybody wants to know, Kendall, how much is a one bedroom ADU? And they expect me to pop off with an answer as if like, I don't know, everybody's exactly equal, but you're not. A huge amount of the cost is going to depend on the location that you're in because, because your permits, your engineering, your labor, your contractors is all going to vary a huge amount depending on where you are. And then on top of that, what is required to build the ADU is going to vary a huge amount on the design of your ADU, the size of your ADU, and your individual site, right? Is it flat? Is it sloped? Does it have good soil, bad soil? Where are utilities? How far are they? Are they easy? To, I mean, like, that's just the tip of the iceberg, guys. Sure. So I'm going to give you a number because you asked it of me, and I'm a good salesperson. I know you answer the freaking question that you're asked. That's right. Just understand the number I gave you may not apply, probably will not apply to you. Yeah. 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 Okay. So a garage conversion here in Los Angeles, you're not going to get away from much less than 180,000. And probably it's, it, it could be more if you do a nice one. Yeah. A one bedroom ADU, which is somewhere around 400 to 600 square feet, huge variance there, guys. Um, is going to clock in somewhere around 250 to 350, which is probably on the high side, but yeah, it's going to clock in right around there. And then the prices go up from there. One more thing you got to remember when you ask somebody about price, your absolute most expensive square footage to build is the first 300. Okay. So when people go, well, 300 square feet, Kendall, that is, that is a re that is, and then they tell me whatever the price is per square foot. Um, and after I get through telling myself not to kill them, um, I, I remind them that like all the soft costs, the design, the permits, like all of that stuff is going to happen no matter what size of a house you buy and, or, or build. And that's why a 4,000 square foot mansion price per square foot is going to be a lot lower than the price per square foot for a 300 square foot ADU. Right. Well, because the permits and, and often foundation and footings and a lot of stuff, the cost is in the moving the dirt. And so, so yeah, so I'm going to forego going with the example that I was going to try to go, go on, because again, I think the price matters. I, I maybe, maybe we can try to figure out a percentage of what houses are going for across the country. Maybe that's an easier way to try to figure that out because nope. I do think it'd be, it's not going to work that way either. No, because because a huge amount of the cost of building an ADU is in the site preparation, like a huge right. amount. Like we're talking 30, sometimes 45 percent 
of it is in the, you can talk about the cost of the structure. Right. Right. But even that's not very useful. Like there's a company that I'm not going to name and they're running around saying that you, they can deliver a beautiful, you know, ADU that will just unfold magically in your backyard. And it's right, like right. 32,000. Ah, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. The things that are not included in that 32,000 would frost your hair and it's not possible to get one of those suckers without those other things. Right. Well, and especially to make it an, a, a true accessory dwelling unit. Right. Right. So, um, but I think, I think before people miss the point on costs or get caught up on that cost is, is you got to look at the rental income that can offset the total house payment for someone that is making things more affordable. And then say Curtis, just sorry to interrupt you. Here's what I can say in almost every conversation I've had across the country, the calculus between the cost to build an AEU and the rent winds up in the, it's a positive cash flow to build the ADU. That's what right. I can't say. Right. Almost always. Which, which, which always then offsets the cost of, of, of the house, right? Which in today's day with interest rates and affordability is awesome. Well, tell me then how do any unique ways investors are, are besides investors looking at this for their own properties. Like I, the first time you and I talked, I, I think most of my questions were because I, I own a couple of rentals and going, I already own the land. Right. So right. to put the house on there, you know, trying to look at those. So besides that, I mean, what, what, uh, any creative ways agents are helping investors or investors are using new ADU laws or old ones that they're now discovering in, right. in unique ways. I can give you so many. Um, okay, I'm going to start with residential and then I'm going to go to Plex. Okay. And these are California answers. Yeah. So, residential, the best one that I have heard of, and I'm actually making my son do this, is a young person who buys their first house. They build the ADU, much like I described at the beginning of the program, and they don't live in the house, they live in the ADU. And they rent out the house. And in those cases, their monthly cash flow is significantly less than what they were paying for the apartment that they just left. Right. So that is so smart. So, so smart. Um, another one, I lied. There's two residential. Another one that I've seen not long ago is um, a mom and dad who live outside of California. And they wanted to invest in a second property. And so what they did is their kids hadn't bought a house yet. So they bought together. They pulled the resources. And, and the kids, I, I, I'll tell you the personalities, not all parents are willing to just give their kids money, right? right. There's, there's just, there's not, right? Yep. But this worked because the parents weren't giving the kids money. They were investing in a second home. So they bought it together. Parents built the ADU. Everything was great. Parents have the use of the ADU whenever they want to come and stay or however long they want to stay. And here's the kicker. The kids rented out as a short-term rental <laughs> when the parents aren't there. And the whole shooting match has turned out to be an amazing financial investment for everybody. That, that's, that's a good one, especially if you're in a location for that, that can support 
Exactly. And by the way, this works for the large majority of the United States where there is an owner occupancy requirement. You can't build an ADU if you don't live there. So this is a way of, you know, doing that. So, and then the Plex idea, and again, this is here in California because we have currently an owner occupancy exclusion. So investors can build ADUs. Um, Plexes are interesting because our rules say that as long as it has been used as a duplex or higher, you can add two detached ADUs, which is cool which is cool, but you can also convert existing non-living space into an ADU. So what does that mean? Well, if you're, it's an older building, you've got a detached garage complex, like you can, you can convert a portion of that into an ADU unit. So your threeplex is now a fourplex, your fiveplex is now a sixplex. If you've got enough land to put on a detached ADU, you could be a six plus plus two more, that's an eightplex. <gasps> yeah. Right. That goes for basements. That goes for uh, um, storage rooms. That goes for recreation areas. As, as long as your tenants don't lynch you for taking away their recreation area, but it goes for all of that. Um, yeah. Wow. So it's pretty amazing. So talk to me then, uh, if assuming I point people in the right direction, how would they get started? to, to one, the understanding and education. Um, I know you can help with that education. Um, but, but, but so point them in the right direction for that. But also uh, I would love after that to get into what, what, what are the ideal circumstances around a property that make it ideal for an ADU? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Okay. So first of all, what are the steps that you can take? So if you're in California, um, you can either, if you happen to be at the state convention later on this month, I'll be speaking on ADUs, two sessions, uh, one on just kind of the laws um, and the other one, a panel for property investors, which I'm like super excited about that. Um, if you and if you can't make it to there, I do put on um, ADU classes, both online and in person. Um, so again, ADU workshop is covering the basics of the laws and the rules. And then the ADU master classes are how do you use the information either for yourself, for your client, or for your investors. Yeah. So those are two really good things. And then, and then the third one is that I do have an answers on demand program where you can uh, just pay me so that you can ask a whole bunch of questions to get answers right now and not have to sit through a class. Yeah. So that's what you can do, you know, with me now. But if you don't have access to me, um, and by the way, if you live outside of California and you have questions, like this is my jam might be fun for me to figure out and do all the research for you and get to the answers but leave that there the the first thing that you want to do is find out do you have a homeowner's um you know clause are are you required to live there because that's a really really big one because if you are you're a lot more limited um as to what you can do there's still a lot of opportunity but you have to understand what it looks like yeah. But if you don't, you ha- if, if investors can do it, then that's like a whole nother ball of wax. So that's the first question to figure out. And if you type in ADU law or ADU policy and with your state or your city, that's going to pop up information from the Googles um, and, you know, read through it again. If it makes your eyes cross, give me a call. I might be, you know, I might find that fun. 
to read because I'm weird. Um, yeah, I did it for Curtis, and that was fun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he didn't like my answers, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> um, so, so there's, so there's that. This is, this is not a Los Angeles thing. This trend is so prevalent throughout the United States that the White House is heavily involved in figuring out how we can make this more accessible to homeowners. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me before we move on to, to the other question, how do they then get a hold of you? You have a, a, a website, a link, an Instagram profile. Tell what's what's easiest for you. So the so so there's two the easiest way is my website, which is kendallyoung.com. Okay. Super easy. Kendallyoung.com. Let's handle with a Y. Um, ask me the story about that later. Kendall with a Y, young isn't always young, never old.com. Um, <clears throat> right. So, you know, you can start there. That gives like all of the offerings. If you just want to follow me, because you don't need me right now, but you think you might, then follow me on Instagram at, wait for it, Kendall Young, K-E-N-D-Y-L-Y-O-U-N-G. <laughs> okay. We'll get those links in the comments too. So look for them there um, and, and definitely reach out. I don't know why there's there's not a, any team lead or broker that wouldn't go, we need to do the research and we need to do a class on, on teaching people how to increase the affordability of our buyer network, increase yeah. the pool of our investors, um, yeah. and then themselves going and secure more financial freedom for all my agents. And in you helping can them invest. actually do individual team and brokerage training on yeah. that. Awesome. Yeah. Tell me then, somebody, they're, they're going to call you. In the meantime, what are some of the things they should be looking for in a property? You know, say they have investments. What are they look? Assuming there's favorable ADU laws yeah. and policy, what, what is the ideal property circumstance that they should be kind of looking at? You know, it, it, the, the weird thing to start with, aside from research, really is identifying your, your partners, your, your builder, your designer, um, because without that, um, you can find the opportunity and no one will take action on it. It's just like, you know, when we're real estate agents, we say to your buyers, get pre-approved. And they're like, yeah, I'll do that when I find the property. It's like, it's too late. It's right. too late. Okay, so start with that. I do teach uh, people how to find and vet these trade these trade partners um, in my master class. But you you want to start there, um, and then from there, it's there's there are do's and don'ts on the properties. Um, and again, I go more into this in my master class. But the biggest one is really the site topography, right? So ideally, it's flat. That is the cheapest, most profitable way to build is on a flat piece of land. Now, I understand that everywhere else in the country, there's lots of flat land. Again, Los Angeles, I think it's a big deal, So, but it should be flat. Um, the second thing, and this is ignored by anybody who's never tried to build anything, what is your access to the build site, right? I once did a consultation for someone who was told by another ADU consultant that they had the perfect property to add an ADU. What that consultant didn't tell the client is that you're not going to build the ADU because the only access was up a stair and a steep and narrow staircase. Like there was no other way to get up there. So somebody would have to bring their shovel and hand dig the, like, it's not going to happen. So 
right? Ideally, an access point that's at least six feet wide. Yeah. Um, and then we can get into things like soils and topographies and permits, do a rent survey, right? Because um, you'll want to know. Is, if is there a good website that you'd like to go just to get an idea? I'm not going to be popular for saying this, but Zillow is actually a really good research tool right. that's available to everybody. Right. Um, it's even a little bit better than your MLS because the only people in the MLS are real estate agents and mom, pa, Kent didn't actually list their rental with a real estate agent. So Zillow rents is actually pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and all you're trying to do is just a quick survey. It's like, you know, what are one bedrooms renting for? Um, and then what do those one bedrooms look like? Are they in high rise apartments or are they little cottages? Big difference. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And you get the rent and then you can go from there, which is awesome. So um, what do you, what do you think as we wrap up, what do you think the future holds for ADUs? And, you know, this is one of those things people go, Oh, cool, but I got to go do research, forget it. And there's going to be a, <laughs> there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are like, I'll wait till it's like popular and, part of my CE credits that are mandatory or something. So or thinking that, you know, the housing crisis will blow over. It's just hype by the NAR to get more sales. Right. And, you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, so first and foremost, you need to know it's not a fad, not a fad. It's not going to blow over. In fact, if you knew the housing numbers like I do, you would realize that ADUs are a very sensible solution. And I believe that in the future, ADUs will become as standard to residential housing as second bathrooms are today. Because ADUs gives us the flexibility to live in our, in our houses for the rest of our days and aging in place. That's something we haven't had in this country. Yeah, right? so, that's awesome. It's a, it's a big flipping deal. Um, I, I learned in my very first real estate class 37 years ago that they are not making any more land. That's right. You know, it sounds like a cliche, but think about it for just a red hot second. Yeah. Well, I'm going to work. I have uh, a big piece of unkempt weeds in the back of my property that probably would have a nice little lady you on there with the rental. So, and I, and I know it where, where I previously have had a tremendous amount of issues with, with zoning and, and our rentals, even, even our state is pretty forward thinking and trying to get people housing because, because it's a, it's a problem in, in our state of Utah. So, so I already know there's conversations, quite a few conversations going on around ADU policy and making exceptions to certain zoning restrictions uh, in, that are already in place. So, I mean, it's a big deal in a state like Wyoming that I think of as devoid of human life. And yet they're thinking about ADU. So this is, this, this is a big deal. Um, you know, as kind of like a just side note on this, um, all of the ADU classes that I currently have scheduled, they're all full. There's no more room in them. But if you want to get on the wait list um, to be notified as soon as I schedule additional classes, please either, you know, reach out to me through my website, uh, drop me in a, a, a DM on Instagram, whatever, you know, we'll get you hooked up. Awesome. That was my, that was what I was going to end with is, 
is one more time for your contact information. Kendall, I think we could talk for, for a long time. Um, just as a promise to everybody, we'll definitely have Kendall back um, with, with more and we'll probably survey everybody to ask what their questions are and try to get into some of that. So thank you so much for everybody listening. I, I, I really believe, you know, and I don't care about the credit, but you heard it here first for many of you that ADUs is, is, is one of the next big things in investment. And, and it's a way, even the way you, I, I'm trying to wrap up, but I, I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm like, even the way you hunt for property starts to change because you go, oh, well, this doesn't match my 1% rule. And you go, well, but maybe it's better than that. If you look at the land and you look at the opportunity of an ADU as you're hunting for properties, the calculus from the ground up. Yep. Some of us, it just changes the simple arithmetic because, you know, that's about as good as calculus. It changes the maths. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, Kendall, we're so grateful that you're here. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time, everybody. 